Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast, a podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We are talking Zion Ultra 2021 today. We've got race director Lyle Anderson in. Hello, everybody. We're excited. 2021's been good so far. It is looking very positive. It's looking promising, better than 2020 was. So that's great. Here we are looking at our Zion Ultra. Coming up, give us the dates, Lyle. April 10th and 11th. All right, April 10th and 11th. If you didn't know the dates, you're probably uh, really behind, but... And, and hopefully I know them. <laughs> yes, that's why I knew I was putting you on the spot there, but I was pretty confident you had them. It's great. We're going to have 49 states represented, plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. So we have people coming from all over. Half of these runners, Lyle, have never been to Zion before. It amazes me every year when we do these these statistics and like and how many people it's their first time visiting the park at, at all of our races. But like... It's it's also pretty amazing that we're we're continuously getting, you know, new people that are trying to experience something that well, with Zion being such a busy national park and I'm right. a million visitors a year, right. they're saying it's becoming one of the most busy and most visited national parks. It's hard to believe that people still haven't seen it. Yeah. It's and amazing. this course really gives you an amazing view, an amazing snippet of the surrounding areas right outside of Zion Canyon. So it's going to be a great experience. We have a whole bunch of people running the 100 for their very first 100 distance. So welcome to them, half of our 100-mile runners. Yeah, it was, my, it was my first and only 100-miler as well. So. That's right. I There's some funny stories about that 100-miler. Yeah, miler. Colleen was with me. <laughs> I was out there pacing you. Yeah, we were, we were yeah. on Grafton Mesa. It was the old course. We're oh, going to yeah. talk about some course yeah. updates today. Um, but yeah, I've been out on that course. We know these trails really well. So lots of first timers <laughs> jumping into their first longer distances. So we're going to help you out today. We're going to talk really through everything that's going to happen out on your race and just stick with us. We're going to go through the course, the courses, each one of them will go through the aid stations. We're going to tell you how to make your race amazing. So that's what we have on tap for you today as we dive into this Zion ultra race guide. First off, Lyle, I want to talk COVID-19. I hate that we're still talking about COVID-19. You and me both. But here we are. Tell us about your COVID-19 precautions. Tell us about what people can expect when they come, because I think that's really on everybody's mind. So, uh, very good question. The, the, the nice thing is, is this hit us about a year ago, this week, actually. Yeah. Uh, last year... Uh, this time we were getting ready to do our Antelope Canyon Ultra when everything just started unraveling. And uh, luckily we were able to put on that event. I'm pretty sure that was probably the last event in the country that happened uh, in 2020. And uh, and luckily for us, we were able to um, also put on our Bryce Canyon Ultra, which was the end of May. And I'm pretty sure that was the first event that happened in the country. And it put us in a very unique um situation to try and problem solve a lot of these problems because nobody else had done it yet. And so, uh, we had to kind of like put our best foot forward and try and figure out, you know, how to best handle an event and keep it COVID compliant and and all that stuff. And so, uh, throughout 2020, we were able to successfully hold several events and, uh, and, and with, with a lot of, uh, with a lot of changes, um, some of them we'll be implementing for this, this event, 
the the main one is uh, normally at our events we have a really amazing expo where we'll have vendors there and you can come pick up your bib and your shirt and and talk to people and kind of just hang out and and take in all the the fun uh, energy that surrounds the event and uh, unfortunately uh we've we've kind of had to scale that back and just make it a drive through uh bib pickup and uh shirt pickup uh only uh on, and that'll be on Friday the 9th of April. Uh so we'll have that up in Apple Valley which will be also the same area that we'll be using for our start and finish line staging uh on the 10th. And so uh on the on the 9th you can drive up uh pick up your bib and your race shirt starting at 12 noon uh and going till 7 p.m. And then, uh, and then while you're there, you can also drop off your drop bag uh, before you leave. The The main difference with the drop bag drop off is normally uh, we would have like a table set up with markers and tape and you could go and like label your bags and all that stuff. Uh, we're not going to have that this year. Uh, you'll have to make sure you bring your, your drop bags pre-labeled and just ready to drop off when you show up there. Um and you also mentioned, I, I love this suggestion, to put a card or something inside that drop bag that has your identification on it as well, because sometimes they just get shuffled around and things like that, and we, we don't know you know where they're going to end up. And so it's it's good to have that also extra layer of kind of right. identification. I, I can't tell you how many times I've picked up somebody's drop bag that like put a some sort of tag on a strap or something like that, and I you know, and I'm gathering all the bags and I'm grabbing them out of a truck and just so happen to grab that label and it, it pulls off in my hand and I'm like, okay, which bag did this go to? Right, right. So yeah, in, in that case, you know, it definitely is is a smart idea. I mean, you know what your bag looks like better than any of us do, obviously. Um, but in the event that we can't find it, if you have a, a card inside that has your information, then it's easier for us to make sure that uh, we get it back to you if if you're wanting to have it returned to you. So. Yeah, so bib pickup going to be drive-through style. So it's we've done this many times with our National Park Series. It's really actually quite efficient, right. and it works out really well. You can just stay in your car. We'll get you everything. We have great volunteers who are going to be there. And so you'll be able to have everything you need, just have those drop bags ready to go. What if people have questions when they're there at the bib pickup? You know, sometimes this feels not so personal, but how do we... How do we make sure that everybody gets their questions answered? So that's a good question. And 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 honestly, we'll be there, you know, trying to answer questions as best we can too. So, you know, if you have questions when you pull up to get your bib and your shirt, feel free to reach out to us and ask us if uh, if if it's going to be something that requires a little bit more in-depth explanation, then we'll just invite you to pull over and we can go over and talk to you after you get your bib and your shirt and, and spend a little bit more time explaining that to you. But for the most part, I feel like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're reading the race guide and you're reading the emails that we send out to you in the next several weeks as we prepare for the race, I feel like there's not going to be a whole lot of stuff that you're going to be unaware of. You'll be you know? pretty prepared. Yeah, we, we really try to be very uh, upfront and uh, forthcoming with as much information, especially pertinent to the event, to make sure that you guys are well prepared for it. So uh, other than that, uh, you know, and we'll go into it in more detail here in a little bit, but uh Obviously, there's going to be some staggered start times um, to to best facilitate social distancing, and also um, the the main thing that uh, that really kind of uh, I don't want to say the word sucks, but it does suck. You know, is that like when you finish the race? You know, we would love nothing more than for everybody just hang around the finish line and make it a party for everybody to come in and 
And unfortunately, we're just not in a situation where we can do that right now. We we have to try and keep everybody, uh, at least for the time being, you know, it looks like things are improving, which is always great. And which means that hopefully sooner rather than later, we're going to get back to where we can just do normal events. But in the meantime, we still need to try and be compliant to to the state and local guidelines. And so so after you finish the race, you know, we ask that that everybody, you know, gather their their drop bags and, and whatever they need to and and uh and then leave, you know, as soon as they can. I mean, not we're not kicking you out of there, but we're right, we're basically right. saying like don't loiter around the, yeah. the finish line. And so. you know, it's it's handy just these days, keep a mask in your pack with you so right. that you can use it if you're in a crowded area. It just it it helps us keep putting these events on. I think that's right. the biggest thing, Lyle, is we want to keep producing events. Absolutely. So let's keep this thing going in the right way. And if we do have to make some of these sacrifices, that's okay. We're still going to be out there and right. be able to run. So and, and just keep in mind too that like uh even though things are are fairly open here in Utah. It's it's definitely easier for us to put on events here in, in Utah than, than other places. But even though things are fairly open here in Utah, there are participants that are coming that maybe aren't as comfortable with that as, as others are. So just be mindful of that, that like some people may not be as comfortable around other people. So do your best to be courteous and, uh, and, and aware of their concerns and stuff. So like Colleen said, you know, uh, when you're, gathered around the starting line and stuff you know we we would encourage everybody to wear a mask until you start running of course when you're running you don't need to be wearing a mask but we would strongly recommend that everybody uh wear a mask when they're in in heavily uh peopled areas yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, when, yeah, the, when areas. yeah when there's lots of people around so and if we all work together it's going to be really easy and as we've seen we've had so much success with vacation races with these events and people being awesome about it and when we've been having fun. So we're going to continue doing that. So we've got bib pickup. Um, Tell us about the location of bib pickup. This is different if you've come previously to the Zion ultra. So kind of explain this location and where we're going to be at, at this uh, Ruby rider ranch. Right. So we historically we've staged the event at the uh, town park in Virgin and uh, the property that we've used to uh, park all the cars on uh, has, has recently decided to sell their their property so it really limited our our ability to be able to park everybody for this event uh luckily for us there's this ruby rider ranch up in apple valley that we actually historically have ran by twice for the ultra distances that uh, that we've uh recently uh, worked out a deal to be able to use uh for the event and so we're going to be um parking everybody and staging the start and finish line for the event uh, on that on that property, which is great. Uh, we'll go into more detail of what that looks like for pacers and, and runners uh, in particular as we get into the, the course specific details. But uh, it's in Apple Valley, uh, just a couple miles past the uh, um, the gas station there in, in Apple Valley. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah easy be to awesome. find. It's just on the different side of Hurricane Rim, I guess, so right. that, that you're used to. Um, so if you have come before, it is just a change. So just be aware that it, it is a little change as far as that goes. Okay, so Lyle, you hit on drop bags. We talked about how to get your drop bags. Tell me a little bit more about, I'm I'm running the 100, and how are the drop bags going to work? Are there specific locations? I can create multiple drop bags. W- what's, the, what's going on with the drop bag procedure? Yeah, correct. Uh, so pretty much... Pretty much most of the aid stations will have drop bags uh, available, Adam, for the, anyone running the 100 mile, uh, 100K or the 50K. 
if you're running the half marathon, the drop bags don't pertain to that distance. Um, but anybody running the 50K, 100K, or 100 miler can leave a drop bag at, at any of those aid stations. Uh, there are uh, a couple exceptions, but for the most part, pretty much all of them. And you can you can refer to the race guide for for details of what what aid stations will have drop bags. But pretty much for the sake of this this audio recording, it's pretty much all of them. All so. of them. Now, if someone is um, coming in early on Saturday and hasn't dropped off their drop bags, will they be able to do that on Saturday morning? So that's a really good point. And and honestly, we will try to accommodate that as best we can. Um, I don't want to encourage anybody to do that because, you know, it's, it's going to be, there's a lot going on on race morning with trying to get everybody started and get all the aid stations set up and everything. So it's not going to be our top priority. Uh, drop bags will be, <clears throat> we have a deadline of 8 PM on Friday evening to, to have all your drop bags dropped off. And we're going to try and get all those drop bags delivered out that evening so that they're ready for you the next day when you start your race. But if you drop it off Saturday morning, there is a there is a chance uh, we can get it out there, especially if it's an aid station that you don't come to till later in the race. Uh, there's a good chance that we could get it out there, but uh, again, like I said earlier, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. Like, yeah, with these ultras, there's some planning that really has to go into them. It's not something that you can just kind of show up and do. There's right. a lot of prep on our end as well as on your end to make sure that you have everything. So drop bags Saturday is when we need those. Uh, Friday. Friday. I'm yeah. sorry. Friday is when we need those drop bags. Um, if you're coming in on Saturday, we'll do our best, but it's it's not a guarantee, especially at those early aid stations. Right, right. So, um, anything else on the drop bags that you that you can think of? Uh, no. The the main thing with the drop bags, and I, I mean we can't stress this enough. If you have very specific nutritional needs that you need on on course, that's where the drop bags really are going to come in the most handy for you. Um, if you're like me and you can pretty much eat anything. Eight stations are fully stocked. Like we're going to have lots to lots of options to choose from. So they're great. But if you have, you know, um, if your stomach is, is very yeah, sensitive if there's a certain to, product that you yeah, use. Yeah. If you're, if you're, you know, allergic to this, that, or the other, you know, and you want to make sure that, that you're not running any risk of trusting that the eight stations are going to have that particular food for you. Use your drop bags, put something in there that, you know, is going, and it's, it's the same same saying that they've said for years, you know, don't try something new on race day. Right, so if like, right. if you've been training and you're been really diligent with your training and you've been using this particular gel and this particular, you know, granola bar or whatever, you know, to, to train and then come race day, you're like, well, I'm just going to use whatever they have at the aid stations. And like, yeah, that's good pro- luck. <laughs> probably not the best idea. Yeah, good, good luck. I hope that your stomach agrees with you. But there like, will be porta potties at all of the aid right, stations. Right, right. They're amazing porta potties. <laughs> they are composting toilets. It's going to be great, but we we don't want you to have to use them for the reason no, that you don't no, have the correct no. food. So use those drop bags wisely uh, because they really can make or break. And, your and like when I when I when I ran our this this very particular uh, hundred mile course, like the thing that I did that I always recommend to everybody whenever they ask me what what would be the best advice you'd give me and that is to change your socks at every aid station like having a clean fresh pair of socks like even if you don't need to like it's not going to hurt anything and so like put them in your drop bag just have a a clean pair of socks you can change into every time and just make sure your feet are clean and and uh, you're taking care of them because especially for these longer distances that's 
that's going to be the thing that's going to stop you before anything else does is yeah. your feet. So there's, there's nothing better than something clean, right? Just add an right. ultra because right. when you're 20 hours in, you know, those socks look really good. All right, here we are Saturday. We're ready for, we've got our drop bags dropped off. We're ready for start time. So our hundred mile race start is going to be between five and five thirty. What's this going to look like in terms of start? Right. Okay. So we did this last year and it worked really well. Um, we basically just created a starting window. So the race officially is starting at 5 a.m. for anybody who's going for awards. You know? okay. So if you're if you're one of the faster, more elite runners and you're wanting to go for, you know, overall awards, then that's where you need to line up is right there at five o'clock. Are there awards based on gun time at that five o'clock time? The, the, they're all going to be based off a of chip time. Okay. Um, just because of the nature of, of how everything's staggered okay. out. So, so normally I would say, yes, that is the case, but because of, but because of how everything is, and everything's, everything's staggered, okay. like, like everything's going to be going off of chip time, but we're still kind of holding on to that same mentality that if you are going for rewards, then you need to, you need to go off of that, that gun time, you know, be at lack the front. Of a better word, yeah, be at the like, front of that window yeah. at five o'clock. So, but you do five have a window. If yeah. you don't want to start with the crowd, you want to right. hang back a little bit, take some time to go to the bathroom. You have a window to work with. So yeah, so so all of the all of the minimum pace times and all the cutoff times are based off of a five thirty start. Okay. So if you're worried about cutoff times, then. Right after the fastest people start, then we recommend that if you're worried about cutoff times, you start right behind them. Buy yourself and 29 then, more minutes. Right. And then and then anybody else, you've got a half hour, like Colleen said. You know, if you need to go use the bathroom and don't want to fight with people on the trail, like right away, just take your time. You've got 30 minutes to get started. And, uh, and like I said, that half hour is going to give you a little extra time to make those cutoff times. That doesn't give you an extra half hour to finish the whole course. Like the race finishes at 5.30 p.m. on Sunday. Right, right. But that's but that's assuming that you started at 5.30 right. on Saturday in the morning. So, so if you finish at 5.30 on Sunday, 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, but you started at 5.05, 5.05, then you're over your cutoff time. Right. You're over it by 25 minutes. Right. 25 minutes over your cutoff time, so... So yeah, just be aware. Start yep. time affects cutoff time. Right. So, okay. Right. Like you'll still be allowed to finish. Absolutely. But your overall time on the, you know, as far as like how they're posted on the time. results yeah. page, like it's going to show as a DNF if you're right. over that 36 hour window. So. Okay. So you've got 36 hours from when you start. Of course, the course will be open based on the time that the 530 latest right. window time. Right. So, right. okay. So hundred milers get started between five and 530. Same procedure for 100K. They're starting at 6. Yep. Between 6 and 6.30. 50K is going to go out at 7. Mm-hmm. And then we have our half, tra- our trail half marathoners headed out at 8 o'clock. Yeah. So a 30-minute so, yeah, winner. Same, yeah, same thing for all of them. They yep. all have a half-hour window. So 100 miles, 5 to 5.30. 100K is 6 to 6.30. 50K is 7 to 7.30. And half marathon is 8 to 8.30. Okay, so pretty simple. It's It should be pretty easy and a pretty low-key start, which is a great way. That's what we love about ultra running, right, Lyle? Right. I mean, we love that low-key nature of it, and we like to keep that because that's what we love about, right. about ultras. So take your time. Take a breather. Um, if you want to be competitive, there's a spot for you. Just get out there on the course and go hammer it. This is a great course to be doing that for. Right, and, and one of the things that I wanted to touch on really quick as far as this goes is on race day, we're going to have – 
Colleen's going to be making some announcements that are going to be broadcast over over your car stereos. So you can, when you show up to the parking lot at Ruby Rider Ranch, you can just sit in your car. I mean, go use the bathroom, do whatever you need to do. But to keep the congregating down, because we don't want anybody, especially if you're not running the 100 mile or the 100K, you know, or whatever, if you're not running one of those distances, like there's no reason for you to be at the starting line adding right. to the congestion. Stay yeah. in your car. And, uh, and, and as we're lining people, start to gathering people for it, we have a half hour break between when the last group starts for each race and when we start the first one. So, so we'll be making announcements once we start the hundred milers at five 30, uh, we'll be making announcements, letting all the hundred K runners know, okay, like now's the time to, you need to go use the bathroom or whatever. You can start making your way over to the starting line. We'll be starting in 30 minutes. And so, uh, just kind of wanted to touch on that yeah. just make sure that people are aware that like you know, really don't make your way over to the starting line until it's time for your particular distance to be gathered. Yeah, and, gathered and use together. that. We're going to have an FM channel that uh, 95.1, I think is what we yeah. use out there at Ruby Rider. And you can just tune into that in your car. You don't have to get out of your car. Just sit and relax. This right. it Really, it can be low key. I, I love it. I think it's great. You right. don't have to be cold and stand there and, and wait to, to go. You can just uh, get yourself ready and really have a nice relaxed start. So great. So we got everything underway. Let's talk about these courses. We've got some course changes. So right. if you've run with us in the past and Zion Ultra has had different iterations of their different, which I think is I love that about this race is, you know, the first time I, I like it and love it. <laughs> I, the first time I ran the Zion Ultra, oh my gosh, it must have been 2015, I think was the first year that I did. Matt Gunn was still right. um, in charge of it then. The 50K, we went up on guacamole and then we right. came over and we climbed Flying Monkey and then came down Smith Road, Mesa Road and finished. The second time I did the 50K, we climbed up Mondo Z and we went and did Gooseberry and came back down. So it was so unique to have those different experiences. And even though I was running the 50K, getting to experience different places on this course. Right. So we've got some changes for you. So let's go over... The overview of what the 100 mile is going to look like. 36 hours is what you've got on the 100 miler. Right. And we're going to start there at Ruby Rider and head out to the most iconic trail probably you're going to be on, Gooseberry. Right. So. So for the 100 milers, like Colleen said, uh, they're going to be, we we have changed the the flow of the course. Luckily, if you've ran it with us in the last couple of years, uh, it's all the same trails. Like we haven't changed any, any trails. Uh, it's just, it's just a different order in which yeah. we're running them. And so, yeah, so we'll be leaving from Ruby Rider ranch in Apple Valley and we'll be heading straight to gooseberry Mesa and, uh, doing the gooseberry loop. And, uh, and the same goes for the hundred K as well. So right. the hundred K, the hundred K and the hundred milers are basically following each other, each other until they hit the Virgin desert aid station. So, they're going to hit the Gooseberry uh, Goosebump Aid Station, do the Gooseberry Mesa Loop, and then drop down Mondo Z and head over to Virgin Desert. And from okay. there, that's where they're going to kind of deviate. And the 100K runners are going to head basically straight to the Virgin Dam Aid Station. And the 100 milers are going to be doing a, a loop uh, along the Hurricane Rim Trail. We'll have an, a, a water station set up for them between Virgin Desert and Virgin Dam Aid Station. So when um, it comes to markings, Lyle, how is there going to be a differentiation for the 100 milers and the 100K? So what do I follow if I'm doing the 100 miles? So for, it's a very good question. All the courses are going to be marked with the same markings. They're all going to be marked with pink markings. Okay. So there's not going to be any color 
differentiating. So pink flagging tape is what yeah. you're looking for. But we will have sign. We will have junctions marked very heavily with signage. So okay. when you get to a junction, just be aware. Like you know, runners runners do um, need to take a little personal responsibility in making sure that they you know familiarize themselves with the course and where they're running as well, so that they know when they get to an aid station. Okay, this is where we deviate. So right. like. I, I can't just follow the person in front of me because the person in front of me could be running the hundred miler and, uh, and I don't want to follow them for unnecessarily mileage here, you know? Well, let me tell a funny story while we're here we're at our Zion half marathon. We were up on wire Mesa just a couple of weeks ago, the right. end of February. And I was, we were setting up the finish line area and seeing some of the runners come through about mile six and a half. They were just about to get on the wire Mesa loop. They needed to take a hard right we had a big sign, a panel, a, a panel with a big arrow pointing right. We had multiple orange cones. I watched, I kid you not, 30 people just walk right through the cone, right past the arrow, right through the cones. It was absolutely amazing to me that yeah. they, and it happens when we run. Right. We just don't see things. So just be careful, be aware. Um, when you come to those junctions and, you know, read your race guide, make sure you know, right. okay, I'm not supposed to go out on hurricane rim. I'm, I need to be going to the Virgin, Virgin Dam. Dam. Yeah. 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 And like I said, you know, each runner needs to be personally responsible to, to familiarize themselves with, with the course as much as possible. Like we are going to have it very well marked. We, we always do a really good job with that. And, and, uh, but to Colleen's point, you get talking to somebody yeah. and you're looking left when you need to be looking right or whatever. And, and it happens all the time. And the thing I always tell everybody is if you've gone more than, you know, 50 to a hundred yards without seeing a pink marker, then you should be really concerned that you're off course and, yeah. and, and take some time and backtrack to where you saw the last marker and make sure that you didn't miss a junction. But if you haven't seen a marker for longer than that, and you just keep running aimlessly right. hoping you're going to see one then <laughs> you're not going to see one <laughs> i'm not going to feel bad for you when you've ran two extra miles and you come back right. all upset because you didn't see anything in two miles because we do not space them out that far yeah no you're never going to go more no. than like you said 50 yards or so without seeing right. a marker so right. just look for those pink markers look for those white signage that's going to tell you which way to go 100k is going to deviate we've got the 100 milers out on the hurricane rim they're going to do a loop there and then they're headed up to smith mesa right Right. So the hundred milers, when they get, uh, when they get back out to, uh, the highway, they're going to be crossing the highway and climbing up on top of Smith Mesa. Uh, and the hundred K is just going to be basically running. There's a, uh, a little ATV trail that runs parallel to the road through the town of Virgin. And so they will, the hundred K will take a right there and the hundred milers will just continue straight across the, the road and head up Smith Mesa. They'll do the Smith Mesa loop. And, uh, and then before dropping down off of Smith Mesa, they'll hit the, uh, flying monkey, uh, water station that we'll have set up there and on their way to the Virgin BMX aid station where we will have uh, crew access. So we'll have crew access at, at Virgin desert and the, but then we'll also have it at Virgin BMX. Okay. So that's, if you need to pick up a hundred miler, those are your early points at which you can do right, that as right. they're coming. Right. And just be aware that like. Uh, I, I get a lot of people emailing me and asking me about like crew access. What well, can I have a, you know, can I have a hundred, if I have a pacer join me at Virgin desert, like can, can I swap them out at Smith Mesa? And the answer is no, cause we don't have crew access there. Right. And right. so if they do, then they got to stick with you all the way till you get to Virgin yeah. BMX. So if they can't run that far, then, then don't pick up a pacer there. Yeah. Um, the, and the reason why we're not allowing crew access at Smith Mesa 
is because that road is extremely narrow and uh, with runners going up that road and two-way traffic, it just wouldn't be safe for the runners. So so no crew access at Smith Mesa, um, but you'll have drop bags there. And, and you're early in the race. So hopefully, right. you know, it's it's not going to be as big of right. a deal. So you come off Flying Monkey, you head out, you're through the BMX aid station, headed out to Dalton Wash in Guacamole. Right, right. So then, so then they uh, they they're going to cross Dalton Wash, like Colleen said, and uh, and start their climb up to Guacamole Aid Station. Guacamole is an amazing uh, trail. I always love I always yeah. love Guacamole. It's probably one of my favorites. Uh, but pay attention up there. But yeah, that's <laughs> the thing I was going to say. Gooseberry Mesa and Guacamole are notorious for people just putting their head down and following the white dots on the sandstone. Well, let's talk about that, Lyle. These are mountain biking trails, and yep. they're on Slick Rock. If you're not familiar with Slick Rock, the Slick Rock, number one, is not slippery. It's yeah. actually quite quite <laughs> yeah. sticky. Why We call it Slick Rock because when water goes over, it looks very slick. Yeah. But just sandstone. It's just sandstone. Very grippy. Very, very grippy. And when you're on this, mountain bikers, they mark the trail with big white dots yeah. that they Spray follow. Paint. So Yes. So, and, and to Colleen's point, a lot of the course on both Gooseberry Mesa, uh, Guacamole, Wire Mesa, Grafton Mesa, a lot of these these slick rocks trail sections um even though our trail markings coincide with a lot of the dots Mm -hmm. there are sections where we don't coincide with right and so it's really easy to just put your head down and just be following the dots because it's like well i've been following these dots for a mile and a half now like i'm just gonna keep following them and it happens every time and like when i did the hundred miler i was constantly having to like yell at people you're going the wrong way you're going the wrong way well all the pink markers and guacamole <laughs> is notorious for right. this i mean I, my joke always is it's a seven mile loop that you end up doing 19 miles on and right. you're not quite sure how you did that and so just just really be aware of your it's, course markings. it's because guacamole is a lollipop loop yes so that junction point right. you don't need to every, do it again <laughs> every time every time when you come back from doing your little lollipop right. you come back to that junction I don't know why, but everybody just they automatically just, just they just they want to keep going. Like even though it's views. very well marked, <laughs> they just want to keep going and doing the same trail. So like just be aware of that. That yeah. that is the 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 spot of confusion for everybody. Always. That is always the spot. But it, it is gorgeous up there and the trail is so great. You're going to come off guacamole, and what's nice coming off guacamole is you get to run back down Dalton Wash, right. which is a grind. It's a, it's a grind climbing right. up there. So this is a nice a nice section where you're able to go down before you get up to Mondo Z and you head right. back up to Gooseberry Mesa or Goosebump Aid Station. Right. And so the the thing that I want to just kind of touch on real quick is so between Virgin BMX Aid Station and Dalton Wash, there is a, a river that you're going to be mm-hmm. crossing there. And, um, you know, it's all, it's all runner preference. Some people are just like, I don't care if they my just shoes go straight get wet. Through. Right. Me personally, when I did it, I didn't want to have wet shoes. I didn't want to have wet feet. I took my shoes off and, and walked across and put my shoes back on. It took a it took a couple minutes, you know, but like it again, it's just runner preference. And this is kind of this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, like why it might be beneficial to have, you know, a fresh pair yeah. of running shoes or, or clean socks, socks yeah. you know, and stuff to to but just be aware it's not a lot of water. It's a very like maybe ankle deep. You yeah, know, water, yeah. it's not, it's you're, not deep yeah, at all. You're not going like, to be, we don't need a rope or anything. Right. No, no, no. And it's definitely not high flowing by any means, but, uh, but it's, it's going to be, there's going to be some water that you're going to need to cross there. So, um, so when you get back to Virgin BMX at that point, you're going to basically just be following, 
uh, up Terrace Road back down to the highway where you're going to cross. But then you're going to head up Mondo Z back up to Goosebump Aid Station. And uh, we'll have a water monster set up for you right at the bottom of the hill. So um, it, it, is a, it is a nice long stretch uh, between the... Um, I'm going to mute my computer there. Um, between uh, Virgin BMX and um, Goosebump Aid Station. But... The uh, the the water will help just get you up that hill. It's a it's a grind getting up that hill. So it's steep. That it's the steepest hill in there. And, and so. you're going to be hitting it at about mile seventy three on the course. And so my recommendation to everybody is trekking poles. Absolutely, trekking poles. So add uh, Virgin Desert, uh, B- Virgin, I'm sorry, BMX. Virgin BMX. Right. That's a great place to pick up your poles. Right. So consider that in your drop bag. Right. For that second pass through, grab those poles, and then if you don't want them at the top of you goosebump, can leave my goosebump, you can leave my goosebump. Yeah. But you have them. And what do you say that that climb is? It's a mile. It's a solid mile. That's right. really right. steep. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's mm, yeah, it's about a mile and a half actually, uh, getting up there. But like. Like Colleen said, it's all runner preference. Like some people don't like to have things in their hand. When I did, when I ran the hundred miler, like it, it honestly just gave me something to focus on other than Mm -hmm. the pain in my feet. So like it, it really can be a a very helpful thing to, to just kind of get you, get you through the end and, and, and coming Coming well, we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. So so once we're we're up to Goosebump, so we're still with the hundred milers. They're up on Goosebump. They're going to head back down Gooseberry Mesa Road, right? And they're going to then go back by Ruby Rider Ranch, right? Which we'll have a we'll have a so that's another crew access point. It's not an aid station, but it, but it is a crew access point. It's right next to the start and finish line. So if uh, if you have crew, and this honestly for people running the hundred k and the hundred miler, this is a great place to pick up pacers to help you yes. for, the, for the tail end of the race. Like you're going to hit that um, crew access point. Um, you're going to be hitting that about mile 80 into the race. And so, you know, for that last 20 miles of the race, having, having a fresh pacer that can, that can get you through it is going to be very, very valuable and helpful at that point. And if you have somebody that is running with you all the way from Virgin BMX, they can, they can, get dropped off Peel there, off and, you can there. Pick, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah. wait for you at the finish line. So right. once you're, you're back to that Ruby rider ranch where that crew access is, you're going to be heading down uh, Smithsonian Butte road or main right. street in Apple Valley. Right. I, I feel like they've renamed that road yeah. recently. It's th- but Those of us local here, we call it Smithsonian Butte. And then, and yeah. then like you look at the Google map, it's going to say main, main street. street. So. so you're going to be heading down that you got quite a quad crushing uh, downhill right there right. until you get down to wire Mesa, which is, you're going to run past, before you get to Wire Mesa, you're going to run past the Grafton Aid Station. Right. So you you have you have a choice at this point, whether you want to stop at it or not um, sure. is, is, is totally up to you. Um, but, uh, but it's going to be right there. It's only, it's only about a mile past that crew access point. Yeah. So uh, very far in. Yeah. So it's probably not really something that, uh, that you're going to need. In, well, you'll in a hit mile, it again but... coming off of Wire Mesa. So exactly. You will see it again. So right. you're going to head all the way down to Wire Mesa, do the Wire Mesa loop. You've got about six and a half, seven mm-hmm. miles on that loop, and then head back up to that Grafton Mesa yeah. aid station, finishing the loop on Grafton. Which, which again, can be, like Colleen said, it's a, it's a quad crushing downhill. So obviously, you're going you to have to go back, back up, up it. it. Yeah. And so unfortunately, when you're coming back up, you're going to be coming back up, you know, 80 or sorry, about 90 miles into the race at that point. 
And so your, your legs are going to be pretty wiped out. And this is where I was saying, you may want to hang on to your trekking poles, yeah. you know, at that point, because, um, me personally, I, I think I'd probably really appreciate having them coming back up that, that steep hill. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to mince words. It's a double track road. So yeah. it's just a road. It's a very, it's a very well maintained. Well, yeah. Well maintained. Road. It's not technical, but it is steep. I right. mean, it, it is steep. So you're going to have that late climb. Right. So just be prepared for that. Just know that it's coming. It's not long as far no. as in terms of your total mileage, you've got, you know, from Wire Mesa all, all the way back up to the finish, you're, you're looking at three miles, right. but it's, you're going to feel it. Right. So, right. so then, yeah. So then you'll go back up to, and hit that Grafton aid station and, uh, and you'll you'll uh, you'll hit that about uh, mile ninety two and do the the six mile loop on uh, on Grafton. Come back to the aid station, and then from there you're you're just a little over a mile back to the finish line. And yeah. uh, so it's a it's a nice uh, a nice great place to have. Like I said, if you have a crew member that wants to join you and help pace yeah. you for the end, those those two. Um, Mesas are a great place to have somebody somebody help you, but there is no crew access at either of those aid stations. So I just want to stress that to people: if you do have pacers that want to join you, the only place they can do that is at um, Ruby at, Rider. At Ruby Rider, yeah. at that at that crew access, because we're not going to allow traffic down that road. We no, got to we got to keep no. our runners safe down there. So and, and, and not only that, like we don't need a bunch of vehicles kicking a bunch of dust yeah. that our runners have to deal with. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and it has been dusty out here. We haven't had a ton of rain here yeah, in Southern dry. Utah, so it's been pretty dry. So right. we, we want to keep dust to a minimum. So that's, that takes us to the hundred mile finish. Um, we talked about the hundred K, how they, they're going to deviate at the Virgin desert. Um, I'm sorry, Virgin dam aid station where they're going to head back up onto Goosebump up Mondo Z. And then they're going to do the same wire Mesa Grafton Mesa right. section and that's the 100K. They have 21 and a half hours on the 100K. Right. Um, that's their cutoff. Talk to me about the the 50K. A little bit different. They're going in a different starting direction than these other two races. Right, right. So the the nice thing about staging everything in Apple Valley now is it it gives everybody, all the distances, a chance to enjoy some of these Mesa views. Yeah, yeah like, which are, they're phenomenal. They are, they are. And, and when we ran, when we ran it out of Virgin, um, the 50 K had to climb up on top of, of Gooseberry Mesa coming up Mondo Z, which is a, which is a, a killer of a climb. They don't have to do that now. Right. But, uh, but we had to make up the difference of mileage somewhere. So now you get to run two of the Mesas. So it's a, it's a it's win-win win for the 50 K. Really? So, is. You, so the 50 K is going to start out at Ruby Rider, um, and they're going to drop down to uh, um, Grafton. Grafton Aid Station, and they're going to do the Grafton uh, the Grafton Mesa Loop first, and then they're going to come back up past Ruby Rider, climb up that hill we mm-hmm. were talking about. Yeah, again, it's just a mile yep. from from Grafton, so yep. it's not going to be the the worst part is between actually, wire and yeah, Grafton. Yeah. So it's not as bad from from Grafton, but uh, but they'll but they'll come up um, past. Uh, the uh, the Ruby Rider again on their way out to uh, Gooseberry Mesa. They'll do the entire Gooseberry Mesa loop, and then and then head head back to uh, head back to Ruby Rider. This so. is a great fifty k. It is a great fifty k. It's really a great fifty k. It. I mean, as I'm thinking of these trails, I'm like, wow, that is some of the best fifty k trail you're going to get. You got eleven hours on the fifty k. And then for the half marathoners, four and a half hour time limit on this one, and they get to experience Gooseberry, which again, that is the iconic. Every single one of our distances hits that Gooseberry 
loop, which it's incredible. Lyle, out there, I feel like I'm on the moon. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's a totally different experience when you're up there and the views are absolutely gorgeous. Right. So it's a great half marathon course as well. It, it really is. And I, I really wanted to make sure that the half marathon got to enjoy the views on Gooseberry Mesa, but obviously the the whole loop would have been too long mileage sure, wise. Sure. So you're getting to you're getting to a taste of of Gooseberry Mesa, which I feel like is a, is a great teaser of what Gooseberry Mesa has to offer. And uh, and if you run the half marathon this year and decide I need to I need to experience more, well, hey, we've got three we got other distances. Plenty of trail. Can, yeah, we got a lot. So. Well, good. So we've got that half marathon that takes us through the courses. I love the changes this year, Lyle. I really do. I yeah, mean, me too. Being on this south side, shall we say the south the south side? That's just it's going to be it's going to be great. So you guys are definitely in for a treat on that. We've hit on we've talked about aid stations and about drop bags being at aid stations. What else can we expect at these aid stations as far as food, electrolytes, water? How's that all going to look? What's kind of our menu? So generally, like. You know, all aid stations are going to have water and gnarly electrolyte drink and gels and fruit and soda, you know, the the basics, you know, and stuff. And generally, if you've ran any of our ultras with us before, you kind of you kind of know what to expect at our aid stations. Um, but but we generally we generally will have a lot of like, you know, uh, salty and sweet, you know, basic treats, you know, for the earlier miles. And then usually around like mile 25 ish we'll start having more prepared food, you know, okay. so for those longer distances, yeah. you know, we'll, yeah. we'll have, you know, some sandwiches and some Nutella right. wraps and some quesadillas and some more protein based yeah, things, yeah, yeah. some like heavier things, right? Well, boiled potatoes and things, things okay. of that nature. And so like, we really try to, uh, when, when you're, when your body's saying, I need, yeah. I need more, you right. know, we want to make sure that, that we have that for and you. And some so. hot options as well. Right, right. I mean, we, we never know what the temperature is going to be in April. Right. It, it can, it can be warm. I mean, it's Southern yep. Utah. It can be warm or it can, but it gets really cool at night, right. Um, right. especially up on those mesas. So we, we, you know, plan for the temperature to change, but we'll have some warm offerings right. as well. And, and again, like I said earlier, like make sure and familiarize yourself with the race guide. Like there's, there's a much more detailed explanation of all of this stuff in the race guide. Um, for sake of time, like we're just kind of breezing over a lot of this stuff in this recording, but like, but really we, we, we pride ourselves on our, on our menu offerings and making sure that like our runners aren't going without on anything. So we bacon, is there going to be bacon? There's going to be bacon. See, there's going to be bacon. I mean, that's, it's, it's just worth it right there. A Nutella bacon bacon wrap. That could be good at like mile 60 or 70. I don't know, Colleen. We, we may have to we may have to do a how to video with you eating a bacon Nutella. Big. I don't know. That's got like a savory and a sweet thing going on. It it, it might it could be it good. might be no. interesting. I tell you what's actually really good. People are gonna people are gonna think that it sounds disgusting, but if you take and make a quesadilla, yeah. with cheddar cheese, cheese. Okay. and put brown sugar on it. I'm sure because it just brings out the savory. I mean, it's, it's just... the most amazing thing. If you've ever been to like Costa Vida or Cafe Rio right, and had their, right. their sweet pork yep. quesadilla, it tastes there you just go. like that. Tastes just like that. Okay, there you it's go. Amazing. Tips from Lyle there on you what you can have to prepare. I may even instruct some of my aid stations to make some of those Ooh, brown sugar can you quesadillas. Imagine? If you caramelize that sugar, I'm getting mm, hungry, Lyle. We got we to we stop. Okay, we're going to talk about something nobody wants to talk about, this Grim Reaper guy. <laughs> um as far as we talked about, you know, course cutoffs and in the time that you have, but 
What about the Grim Reaper? At different points in the race, we've got Grim Reaper cutoffs where you're not going to be allowed forward if you haven't made it to a certain point. So talk through those. So these are, again, the, the... in the in the race guide, we kind of go into great detail of what this basically means. But the Grim Reapers are absolute cutoff times. The minimum pace times that that we have in the in the cutoff time sheet, those aren't necessarily cutoff times. Those are just minimum pace times, and we base, to make those times. Yeah, and we base when we close those aid sta- aid stations off of those minimum pace times. So if you're continuously coming in behind those minimum pace times at aid stations. It, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to miraculously like make up that time. Sure. If, if you keep coming in behind, you're going to be cut off. And so like that's where, you know, me as the race director or my staff have to make some judgment calls. Sometime if you're you're constantly coming in behind those pace times, we, like we may have to pull you from the course. Right. And and we reserve the right to be able to to assess that stuff and yeah. make those those calls uh, if needed. Uh, I don't want to make those calls, and that's really where these Grim Reaper times come into play is because. The Grim Reaper times are absolute. So, like, if you come in even one second past the Grim Reaper yeah. time, like, you're done. Like, there's, and, not, and it's there's not, no arguing or It's or not only for us, logistically. No. This is for your safety. Right. I right. mean, th- it comes down to runner safety. And, and a lot of times we know you've worked so hard and we know you're out there trying, but it's for your own safety that these are in place. So It, it really is. And, and, and like I said earlier, like, we, you know, we have, we contract with people to come work these aid stations for a set period of time. And... You know, like they've got lives that they've got to live too. So like they, we can't expect them to just stay there indefinitely sure. if, if you want to stay out there for another 10, 20 hours to, cause you can do it. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue with anybody whether they can or can't do a distance, you know, right. cause, cause I, I'm, I'm not going to fight with anybody about that, but just not, yeah, not during our time limit right. that we have established right. for this right. race. And so, so yeah, so based on those Grim Reaper times, like we have for the hundred miler, we have, we have four of them. Um, and the first one is at Virgin Desert, which is which is 25, 25.8 miles into the race, and that's at okay. two twenty in the afternoon. So okay. like, um, so you have you have uh, and and I've actually padded that a little bit from our minimum pace time. Our minimum pace time is two oh six, and uh, and I've given a little bit more time yeah. on that. So you're, to, be, to you're make being that pretty Reaper. pretty liberal as far right, as that goes. Right. So and so like we want to make sure that you guys, especially that early in the race, we want to make sure, sure that you have every chance you can to continue on this yeah. race. And we've been. We've been pretty pretty generous with our with our pace times that we've that we've allowed for this event too. So we got the hundred miler, um, Virgin Desert Aid Station two twenty. Yep. The next hundred miler is at eleven thirty p.m. Yep, and that's at Virgin BMX. So we actually have two Grim Reaper times at Virgin BMX. We have because you got two passes because you're coming into Virgin BMX twice. So when you come in the first time, you have to be you have to you you have to be out of virgin desert or sorry virgin bmx by 11 30 you can't okay. like hit the aid station by 11 30 you have to be on your way up to guacamole by by 11 right okay and so that's the that's how those grim reaper times count is it's when you leave the aid station so right right if you if you arrive at the aid station at the grim reaper time and then take an hour at the aid yep, station that's like, not gonna work that doesn't that doesn't yeah, work out you have to be on your okay. way by that time so that first pass through virgin bmx 11 30 p.m Second pass through Virgin BMX, which is coming off of Guacamole. Yep. Um, this is at six thirty AM. Correct. On Sunday. Okay. On yep. s- yes, on so, Sunday. So so then yeah, so so before you head up uh Mondo Z on your way up to Goosebump Aid Station, um, you have to be you have to be out of that aid station by six thirty in the morning on okay. Sunday. 
And then the final Grim Reaper is going to be at that Ruby Rider ranch. Yep, um, at that crew access point. Okay, so, and that's 10 a.m. Right. So when you when you come back up, goosebump and make your way up past that crew access point before you drop down to head to Wire Mesa, uh, you're going to hit that, that crew access point right next to the finish line. And if you aren't past that, so anybody that comes in past 10 a.m., Right. On Sunday morning, we'll be cut off. It's just going to be turned right into the okay. finish line. Okay. Because because uh, you're not going to be allowed to continue at that point. Okay. So. Perfect. And of course, five thirty is your finish line cutoff on Correct. the hundred miler. Hundred K has a couple of Grim Reaper times. Correct. Virgin Desert Aid Station for the hundred K at three fifteen p.m. and then another hundred K at the Crew Access at same, Ruby same, Rider. Same right. one. And that's going to be at nine fifteen p.m. So. Those are in your race guide. They're on page two if you want to look at those Grim Reapers, but that's kind of what you're up against. Again, we don't want to pull anybody off the course, but right. it's for your own safety. Know that it it's potential. It's a potential if you're falling behind. Um, but we'll be as nice about it as we right. possibly can. And and we don't have and we don't have any Grim Reaper times for the 50K and the half marathon. In fact, it's funny. I I even added a little bit of time for the 50k just because I could. You know, it's well, like, you've got people out there anyway, right? And so, and so we're not we're not we're not closing anything down. So I, I remember seeing somebody comment on Facebook, like, "Oh man, this is going to be hard because they I noticed that they added some time to the the overall cutoff time for the 50k, and it's not because it's any harder. Right. It's actually easier because you're not climbing Mondo Z, right? Right. I, I just had no reason to to, right. to give you a. We a have hard we have active that, so. active crew that are going to be out there, right. so you right. you get the benefit of a little bit more time right. on that. So so say somebody does have a situation, say they they need to drop, right? They, they've got a medical. What what's our procedure on that? So if you if you're feeling like you can't continue, uh, the the proper protocol for that is just make sure you. You uh, hand your bib over to any of the aid station workers, and they'll call it in and get somebody to come pick you up. If you have a, if it's at an aid station where we have crew access, um, your crew member can take you, but you have to hand in your bib and uh, and make sure that that gets called in because we just, don't we don't want to we don't want to be looking for you. Well, course, and that's so. what I was going to say is is remember we're we're keeping track of of you with your bib and things right. like that. And if all of a sudden you're not there and we can't find you, we're going to go looking for you. So. I always give people the advice that, you know, when you're at an aid station, that's when you kind of take that whole like inventory. Okay. How right. am I doing? Where am I at? Where am I going? And if you need to drop or something like that, do it at the aid station. Right. Um, that's yeah. Don't, don't get a mile past the aid station and then decide I can't continue any further. Right. Because, right. because, and it's happened. It's happened many times at the races because somebody like Colleen said, they, they didn't necessarily take personal inventory of where they were right, at right. physically and they left the aid station and they got a mile down the trail and, uh, and realized I can't, my, I'm done. my, my yep. legs locked yep. up. I can't move anymore. Yep. Well, some of these single track trails, we can't drive. Right. We can't get to. you. We can't so extract like, you off that. So to get you out of there, it becomes a much more challenging situation for us and, and, and search and rescue, even if we had to call them in to come in, to come and help you. So just, just be aware of that, like, yeah. that if that if it does require some in-depth, uh, you know, retrieval, <laughs> then it's going to 
be a lot more time. It's going to be a minute. You're going to mm-hmm. have, you're going to be and, there for a minute. And if you're, and if you're hurting, then uh, you're going to have to be waiting in pain and we don't want yeah. anybody. Be no, we that, don't. So. And a good thing about this course, the majority of this course has really pretty good cell phone service. Right. There are a few spots up on Wire Mesa, Grafton Mesa, even up on Guacamole where things might get a little spotty, but for the most part, you do have pretty decent cell service. Right. Right. Uh, Dalton Wash is probably going to be a little spotty in there as well, but um, that is a good thing. You will, you will be able to have that so yeah anything down in the valley down close to the town of virgin is not gooseberry mesa is great um things like that so so you've got that that as well um as far as medical if you are in need of medical we have medical staff and and that are going to be able to be out there and available and just be a good runner be a good participant help each other out um we're all out there together and so we're going to rely on you guys to take care of each other, but we also have all of the medical staff. We have the volunteers. We've, we're going to take care of you out there right, as well. Right. So um, we hope that everybody's going to do great. Let's talk a little bit about, we've we've hit on our pacers where our crew access is. How do we identify a pacer? We can't have 30 people running with somebody. Correct. Yeah. So a- anybody who is going to be utilizing a pacer needs to register that pacer when they come to pick up their bib. Um, and we have... And, and same with crew. So if you have a crew member that's just coming to support you at the aid stations where we have crew access available, um, you, you can't just have a van full of crew members right. all get out and just be clogging up the aid station. You know, we got other runners and and, and workers there and, and like we just can't have that. So each runner is going to be given a single crew bib and a single pacer bib. Okay. And uh, so if you're if you've got a pacer joining you, uh, again, you need to register that pacer when you pick up your your bibs on on Friday the ninth. Um, you'll be given one pacer bib, and you can only have one pacer with you on course at a time. So okay. that, that bib needs to be exchanged between your pacers, okay. so you can have as many pacers as you sure. want. You can just have one at a time out on the course, and then at the aid stations, anybody who's helping you at the aid stations needs to have either their their pacer bib or their crew bib on. Okay, and so they they you can't just have Again, like I said, you can't have a van full of crew and pacers all get out and all helping you all at one time. Like you you need to designate which one's going to be wearing the bib, and that person's the only one that can be that can tell them to roll the windows down and right (laughs) and cheer really loud, right? Right. (laughs) Because yeah, we can't have it. So you'll get those bibs. Um, Do those come with your packet pickup, or does everybody need to request that? How does that work? They'll need to request it when they come to pick up their bibs. So okay, so we'll we'll make sure and and uh, and have them sign for their pacer and, and, and keep aware or keep in mind too, that like the runners are responsible for their crew and their pacers behavior. So if, if you have a pacer or a crew member that's being, um, vulgar or, um, Maybe. unpleasant to our aid station workers, yeah, bad sportsmanship. Yeah. Like, like that. We, we don't, we don't tolerate that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's happened before where, where they feel like, they've earned the right to be disrespectful to our aid station workers and yell at them for something. And that's absolutely not tolerated. We don't, we don't tolerate that. And if we find out of anybody doing that, then, then the runner themselves is going to be automatically disqualified for their runner, for their pacer and crew members. You know, behavior. you always want to be nice to your aid station volunteers right. they're, because they're doing a lot. For I mean, you. they are doing so much. They're staying out there for hours and hours. They're making you food, making sure you're doing okay. They're taking care. I mean, they're, they do such an amazing thing. Big shout out to all the volunteers uh, that come. Absolutely. They do. They do such great work. So we're going to get you to the finish line. That's the ultimate goal here. Right. As we get to the finish line, what do we have? What can we expect at the finish line? 
So at the finish line, kind of like we talked about earlier, like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be your typical finish line. We'll have, you know, our wards and our recovery tent for, for the, for the longer distances and stuff like where they can come and get some food and, and we'll have a medical tent there. So if you've got some medical issues and stuff that you need to have looked at, uh, our medical director, Chad, he's, he's amazing. Chad's and, and the best. He, he does a great job of making sure that everybody is, uh, feeling tip top when they, uh, when they're ready to leave. Um, but, uh, but we'll have for the, for, for each of the distances, you'll have a choice between, um, between the, uh, the finish, a finisher medal or a, or a mug. And then of course, for the hundred milers, you get, you get a buckle. So great. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. And if you, if you win an award, um, an overall award, those, how are we handling those awards? Are those going to be available there at the finish line or, Will those be something later on? It, it'll it'll be something we'll have to ship just okay. because we'll have to verify the results. Everything's on we, ship time. Sh- yeah. yeah, before we ship everything. Okay, so, so you can expect um, that later. Th- there's a good chance that we'll know, especially for the shorter distances, we'll know by Sunday morning what, like we can verify all those results. So if you're, if you're like, even if you ran the 100K, like we'll know by Sunday morning who the, who the winners are. So if you want to check the results and if you're one of the, one of the the winners, you know, the overall awards for the, for the, and that's the top three male and top three female for, for each of the distances, uh, we'll have an award for those. We don't do age group awards, but we do have a uh, top three male and top three female overall for, for those, uh, for those distances. And so if you check the results and you're one of those, one of those lucky people that, uh, that managed to snag one of those awards, uh, we'll be we'll be hanging out around the finish line until 5:30 p.m. Uh, waiting for the hundred milers. So so come get so, so you you yeah, come, come you come claim it then or and if not we'll we'll ship it to you. So no, that's awesome. Uh, talk to me about Avenza Maps. If somebody wants to uh, download the maps of the courses right. and things like that, it is available on that Avenza app, correct? Right. And and honestly, this is the the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm telling you, like it, we we get people all the time that that question whether they're on course or not and so they 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 tend to waste time and wander aimlessly making sure that they are where they need to be and uh, that can be solved quite easily just mm-hmm. by pulling out your phone pulling up your venza map and just clicking on it to see where you're at you'll have a little blue dot that basically indicates where you are in relation to the course and they work offline you, they, that's they, yeah, what's great about yep. these you can put your phone on airplane mode yeah. and conserve your battery and it'll still work and show you where you're at and so for the uh for the events of maps if you've downloaded them before in the past you, you're going to need to delete the old map and re-download right. the new one because obviously the course has it's changed, changed. Right. so you want to make sure you have the most recent Map and, and we that. have really detailed instructions about how to do this. Right. It's on page 17 in the race guide. So right. very detailed step-by-step to walk you through that app and making sure you have the correct map. Yeah, and you so. and you want to make sure you spell it out exactly how it's yes. labeled. Because yeah. like for the 100 miler, for example, it's the Zion 100 mile ultra run. Yeah. So if you type in Zion 100. You're like, going to get something different. Y- you may get something. You yeah. might get one in our old maps or something yeah. like that. So you want to make sure. Uh, like we update them all regularly, but when you pull up the map, it's going to be labeled Zion Ultra 100 Mile Map, or sorry, Zion. 100 Mile Ultra Run. There you go. And then the date is going to be 2017 because that's when we original originally created this Avenza map. We update it every year, but that's 
when you see the 2017, don't be alarmed by yeah. that. Okay. That's just that's just what it says. That's so. a that's a great tip. So yeah. and that's and that's for all of them too. And it's they're all in the race guide. So yep. so just make sure you reference what it is in the race guide when you're searching for your map. And uh, yeah, perfect. They're awesome. No, it's gonna it's gonna be great. We are looking forward to a great race, Lyle. Of course, you did this as your first hundred. What's, you know, as we kind of wrap things up, what is that one piece of advice you have for people on this course? I mean, you're, you live here in Southern Utah. These courses are literally in your backyard. Right. What is your, what's kind of the one thing that you'd like people to take with them um, with this? So one good piece of advice. Well, socks. Socks. Just, <laughs> he's really stuck on the socks. He wants to bring socks. I've never John changed it. my socks during an ultra ever. Oh, man. Lyle changes them every age. Change them every age. So. So socks are a big thing. <laughs> But, uh, but no, like, I think that kind of like what I keyed on earlier is just like, you know, your nutritional needs are your nutritional needs. Like, like what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. I did a race one time and, and before the race, I was drinking a soda pop. And I remember, uh, there's a guy that you and I both know, and he was telling me that I'm going to be puking my guts out the next day. And I've I've never had that. And you were totally fine. Yeah. I've never had that problem before. So like for him, it would have cause right. that problem to him. But for me, I was like, I can eat whatever Run I want. Run your own so. race, right? Run your own race. So, but if you have very sensitive stomach or you have very specific dietary needs, then make sure and put that in your drop bag and, and, uh, and just be just, like I said earlier, familiar yourself with the course, make sure that you're thinking through like your own logistics yeah. for your race. Like, yeah. like my logistics to be able to operate the race, your logistics to be able to run the race they're all unique to each of us. So yeah. like, we just have to make sure that we're all, you know, taking a little personal inventory and responsibility to, to make sure that we have the great, the, the best event ever. You know, like I said earlier, you know, having trucking poles for me makes a huge difference sure. to other people. It may not. Yeah. So like, so just, just kind of like you, you know, you better than anybody else does. Yeah. And yeah. so, and that's, and that's great. That's what's so unique about this sport. I think that's why we love it so much right. is because we get to do our thing, but we get to do it in a community of like-minded people who are exactly. going out there to push their boundaries. And we got a great course for you at the Zion Ultra. We're excited to have you here, especially those of you who have never seen the sunrise over West Temple in Zion. I mean, so amazing. You're, you're definitely in for a treat. It's going to be great. If you do have questions, you can always reach out to Lyle right. at vacationraces.com. So his email, Lyle at vacationraces.com. Of course, we have customer service that is can be helpful as well. Info at vacationraces.com. We respond to social media all the time as well. So never go too far. If you've never done a Vacation Races event, you've never seen our company, you don't know our brand, we are just putting out a first-timer podcast as well that kind of goes over some other details that are unique to Vacation Races that might be helpful for you as well. So you can look at that in your podcast app as well. Look for that first-timer kind of orientation if you want a little more about Vacation Races races and uh, what this company is all about. So it's going to be awesome, Lyle. I'm excited. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's good be stuff. Great. All right. We'll see you out on the trail, guys, at the Zion Ultra 2021. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.